The following message is from Hope Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We exist to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. More information about Hope Church can be found at hopechurchonline.com. I want to begin this morning by telling you a story. And it's a story that is very familiar to many of you. Many of you have heard me tell this story before, but for some of you, for some that are new within the last year in our fellowship, this, this is going to be kind of a new story for you. But it's a story really that's my personal story. It goes back to, really begins in September of 1999. I was minding my own business as the senior associate pastor of a wonderful church in Memphis, Tennessee called the Kirby Woods Baptist Church. It's a great church there, around a couple thousand people, and had a real heart for missions, a church that gave over a million dollars a year away in missions, and I had a great relationship with the senior pastor of that church. I'd known him my whole life. He was my dad, and so I was serving there with my dad, and everybody kind of thought what would happen was my dad would retire, and I would become the next senior pastor at Kirby Woods. I mean, nobody ever said that. My dad and I never had that conversation. But it, you didn't have to say it. Everybody just kind of knew that's, that's what was going to happen. And it was <coughs> kind of going that direction. And September of 1999, my wife and I, we were kind of restless in our heart about what God was doing with us. We, we just knew there had to be something else for us. There was just a stirring. You know what that is. If you've walked with God long enough, you know what it is when there's a stirring, an unsettledness in your heart. And I even sat down with Christy this morning and I said, Christy, I've told these stories so many times that now I don't remember the event as much as I remember the story because I've told these stories so many times. I said, babe, is any part of this I'm telling this not the way you remember it? Is there any? And she said, no, no, it's everything. It's just like you, you tell it. And so September 1999, I'm sitting in my living room one morning. I'm reading my Bible, just having a quiet time like, like you do on a daily basis, just spending time with God. I read Luke 4, 43, and here's what the Bible said, Jesus said this to his disciples. They were coming to him, trying to get him to follow the crowds and build a ministry platform there. And Jesus looked at him and he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. For I was sent for this purpose. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But that morning in my spirit, the Holy Spirit of God spoke into my heart. And again, if you've walked with God, you know what that, that, that's like. You know what it is for God's spirit to speak in your heart in that still, small voice. And with that one simple verse of scripture, those phrases, Jesus said, I must. There was a passion that I saw in him that I didn't see in me. And then he talked about this thing called the kingdom of God that has been a 14-year journey of my life understanding what the kingdom of God is and that idea of God's big picture, what God's doing globally and this phrase, other cities. And I went and got my wife that morning and I said, babe, I know we've been unsettled and I don't have the answer, but I, I think God just spoke and, and, and God is going to be moving our family somewhere in the world to join in his activity. And so we just prayed together and said, Lord, yes, 
We don't know when, we don't know where, but the answer is yes. Because you do know that Lord and anything but yes don't really go together, right? (laughs) Now we really thought when we prayed that we were headed to Asia or Africa, somewhere else in the world to plant our lives and spend the rest of our lives joining in the big picture of what God's doing in the world. Matter of fact, we even tried, she, she reminded me this morning that we had, we had that next day made a phone call to a mission organization to try to begin the process of going overseas globally and God closed that door. And Two weeks later, my mentor in ministry is a pastor named Johnny Hunt and I'd hosted Johnny at our church there in, in Memphis and Johnny came and preached and on his way out the door, I'll never forget this part of the story. This is the one part, I just remember it so vividly because we're standing right outside a men's room of all places. You know it's got to be God when it happens right outside a bathroom, right? <laughs> we're standing out right in the front of the men's room door in the hallway and Johnny looks at me and he says, Vance, I don't know what you're doing but... Um, Our church in Georgia is feeling led of God to start a new church in Las Vegas, Nevada. And he said, God's put it on my heart that you're to be the pastor of that church. Now, two weeks earlier, we said, Lord, we don't know where. We don't know when. The answer is yes. Two weeks later, God fills in the blank with Las Vegas. This is another part of the story my my wife reminded me of this morning that I'd forgotten. We went and got a map and opened it because we didn't really know where Las Vegas was. Now, we'd heard, you know, everybody knows Las Vegas, and we knew it was in the western part of the United States, but you got to understand, I grew up in Alabama, and I'd never really been west of Mississippi very much. I mean, I just hadn't traveled that much at that point in my life, and so we get out this map, and we're like, it's like three and a half hours from Los Angeles, which might as well have been the moon to us growing up in Alabama. But as soon as he said it, as soon as we looked at it, we, we knew God had called us to this city. We, we resigned at the church there at Kirby Woods the next Sunday and had never even been here to Las Vegas. Don't really recommend that, but we, 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 we resigned our church and said, God's calling us to go to Las Vegas. And there was a collective gasp in the room. You know, the fact that we were leaving was one thing. The fact that we were leaving to go to, of all places, Las Vegas, because where I'm from, people don't come to Las Vegas. If they do, they don't tell anybody, right? <laughs> People laugh at this, but where I'm from, they don't think Las Vegas is hell, but they believe you can smell it from here, right? That we're, we're, we're close. We're creeping in on it here. So God moves us to Las Vegas, Nevada. First lesson we learned is not Nevada, it's Nevada, right? That's the first thing they teach you when you get your driver's license. They, they correct you. No, it's Nevada. So we learned that lesson, and we get a phone call my first week on the field from uh, a woman named Letty Peralta. And again, Christy helped me this morning remember some of the details. I said, babe, I-, I did get that phone call, right? It's just been so long, and I've told this story so many times. And she said, oh, no, no, I remember because <laughs> we were from Alabama, and, and Alabama, we kind of have our own version of English, right? So the lady who called me was from the Philippines. <laughs> and my wife said, somebody's on the phone. I don't have any idea what she's saying. You're going to have to talk to her. We, we needed a translator just to help this, the Filipino and my wife from Alabama even talk English to each other. They, they couldn't connect. So she hands me the phone and I take the phone thinking I'm not going to understand any of this. And, and on the other end of the line is a lady named Letty Peralta. And Letty says, pastor, I, 
I know you don't know me, but, but can I tell you a story? I said, lady, I don't know anybody in Las Vegas. You can tell me any story you want to tell me. And she, said, she said, well, pastor, I moved from the Philippines to Hong Kong to make money for my family. While living in Hong Kong, I met an American family, moved in with them, became the caretaker of their home. She said, my American family then relocated from Hong Kong to a place called Woodstock, Georgia. She said, I got all the paperwork. I moved with them, continued to work with this family. She said, while living in Woodstock, Georgia, I visited a church called the First Baptist Church of Woodstock, Georgia. I heard a preacher by the name of Johnny Hunt preach the gospel. God radically changed my life, but I only got to attend that church about six times. Then my family relocated from Woodstock, Georgia to Las Vegas, Nevada. She said, I've been in Las Vegas for a year and a half, and I've prayed every day that the First Baptist Church of Woodstock, Georgia would start a church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Could you please tell me who sent you here? What? <laughs> My jaw's hanging wide open, obviously, at this point. And let me tell you what we realized right then, right there. We didn't come to start anything. We were simply getting in on something that God was already doing. And it rocked us again and we began to pray for God to show us what he was doing in Las Vegas. And listen to me. God spoke again clearly. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, Pastor, I know you've been on vacation for a month. But if you hadn't forgotten, we've been reading through the book of Psalms together and we're, we're looking for you to preach this weekend out of the Psalms. What in the world does that story have to do with the book of Psalms? Listen, it has everything to do with the book of Psalms. You see, as I was reading this week's Psalm, we've been reading right along with you. I've watched all the messages that the guys have preached. What a phenomenal job they've done unpacking the Word of God. But as we've been reading and following along in, in, in the Psalms journey with you this week... You read from the psalm that God spoke into our lives in our second week on the field. After God interrupted our lives, moved us to Las Vegas, and then God rattled our cages with this phone call and said, Hey, I didn't bring you here to do something. I brought you here because I'm doing something. And I just want to invite you to get in on what I'm doing. Then we had to step back and say, okay, Lord, we got to wait on you to show us what you're doing. Then God again opened up his word. And out of Psalm 107, God spoke into our lives two incredible promises about what he is doing and is continuing to do in the city of Las Vegas. That before our church was even a church... We, as a little group of people in my living room, wrapped our hearts around these verses in Psalm 107 where God spoke vividly into the life of our fellowship. And here's how demonstratively he spoke out of these verses. Our first year on the field here, we had 13 mission teams. You know, we send out mission teams all over. Well, we had 13 mission teams come to work with us here in Las Vegas to help us plant Hope Church. Thank God for those mission teams. Amen? That was pathetic. Thank God for those mission teams. Amen? 
Listen, we're here today because people have joined in God's activity of sowing into this city and we're reaping the harvest of what God's done through those people and their sacrifice. We thank God for those mission teams. When those mission teams would come on their first morning, I would meet them at wherever they were staying. I'd meet them for breakfast. And on their first morning of the mission team, I would open Psalm 107 and I would share with them some devotional thoughts about what I'm about to share with you about these two promises that God gave us. And that would be the, the, their, their marching orders for the week was right out of this Psalm 107. So this Psalm has significant history and value in the life of our fellowship. We're not going to read it all. I want you to if you have your Bible, Psalm 107. We're going to look beginning in verse 35. Now, you've got to remember the context of how God used this. We'd been relocated here. God unsettled us and said, hey, I'm doing something here. And we were saying, Lord, what are you doing? Psalm 107.35. He changes a wilderness into a pool of water and dry Land in the springs of water. And there he makes the hungry to dwell. So that they may establish an inhabited city and sow fields and plant vineyards and gather a fruitful harvest. Also, he blesses them and they multiply greatly. And he does not let their cattle decrease. I'm telling you, I had a spell that morning in my quiet time when I read that. I, 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 I just, it was like God said, Son, here's what I'm doing in Las Vegas. Here's what I've brought you here to get in on. And here's why Hope Church is being born. So I want to share with you the two promises that I think God gave us 14 years ago. Our church will be 13 13 years old this September. This came almost 14 years ago in January of 2001, before we even had our first worship service, late in September 2001. Almost 14 years ago, God spoke this. He breathed this into our fellowship. And listen to me. It's as relevant and as true for us today as it was those 13 or 14 years ago when God breathed it into our fellowship. It's what he's doing. It's why he's brought us here. And it's why our church was born. So let me give them to you. Here's the first one. The first promise has to do with God's desire to move in our city. I want you to notice a couple of things as you read those verses. First of all, notice what is happening. Did you hear what he said? He's changing a wilderness 
into a pool of water. A, a wilderness here is the, it's the Hebrew word for a desert. Have you noticed where we live? One of the biggest things when my wife and I first moved here was just the geography of this place, the, the topography of this place. When we first, I mean, I, I'm from where there's grass and trees and rivers and streams, and we drove around and everything is brown, and we were like rocks. Where, what do you do with all these rocks? But listen, as much as that is true about us physically as a city, it's even more true spiritually. We live in a spiritual wasteland. Here's how much of a spiritual wasteland our city is. Do you know what they call us in the rest of the world? Come on. Yeah. I have been training pastors on the backside of Zambia, 15 hours a drive from the nearest airport, and said, I'm from Las Vegas, and some dude in the back goes, oh, Zin City. <laughs> I'm not making that up. But here's what God said. God said, Vance, I'm at work. In the midst of this spiritual wasteland, I'm at work in this place that the world would say is a spiritual desert. He said, Vance, I'm at work here and I'm changing it into a pool of water. And he said, I've brought you here. I've brought us here. I've birthed this church because I want you to get in on what I'm doing in changing a wilderness into a pool. Now, a pool of water, it's the Hebrew expression for an oasis. Then he says, and dry land into springs of water. This is, this is a radical transformation he's describing. This isn't just a few little minor tweaks. Hey, where there used to be a desert, now there's going to be a spiritual oasis. And notice how it's happening. Look at it. Verse 35, he changes. Verse 36, he makes. Verse 38, he blesses. Verse 38, he does. Here's what I want you to hear me say. This radical transformation being described by the psalmist is not brought about by human effort. It's not brought about by effective strategic planning, nor is it brought about by creative methodology. It is brought about through, an, through a work of an almighty, sovereign God who is chosen by His grace to in, get involved in this city called Sin City. God's at work here. I'm not talking about something we're here to do as a church. God doesn't need us. God didn't need me. Now, that's why God let Letty Peralta call me in that first week just to say, son, you didn't come here to start this. I had this going before you got here. We just had one of the greatest Julys we've ever had in the history of our church. I'm gone for the month. You don't need me. God doesn't need me. God doesn't need us. Michelle's always right on time. 
It's the truth. He doesn't need us. Look at your neighbor and say, he doesn't need you. Now look back at him and say, he doesn't need me either. He doesn't need us. God, it's what God's in. Listen, it's radical. And he's invited us to get in on it. Here's what it's saying here. God is at work in Las Vegas. Say that with me. God is at work in Las Vegas. Say it again. God is at work in Las Vegas. I know sometimes it doesn't appear that way. I know sometimes you get caught up in what's going on in our city and it doesn't look that way. But here's what I want you to hear me say. 13 years ago, God made it very clear that he brought us here because God is at work in our city. God birthed our church because God is at work in our city. And God in his grace is inviting us to get in on it. I don't have any idea how this is going to turn out, but, but I want to do something real quick. All right. Because I don't know who's going to be in each service. But in, in, in 14 years now of being in the city, God's let us see close to 3,000 people baptized into our fellowship. If, if you have been baptized at any point in this journey, from all the way back at the first baptism in a pool before we even had a place to meet, from the carpenters to the Boy Scouts to Pebble to where we are here today to Silverado High School, if you have been baptized at any point in this 13-year journey here at Hope, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just stand up right now. Just stand up. If you've been baptized at any point in this journey, you just stand up. Just stand up. Just stand up. Hold it. Just keep standing up. At any point in the journey, just remain standing for just a moment. Let me tell you what these people represent. Life change. Let me tell you what they represent. He's changing a wilderness into a pool of water and dry land into springs of water. God is changing people's lives. Thank you. You can be seated. Praise God. Amen. Now listen. God's birthed our fellowship and God's using us to join in his activity of changing lives. But it's not just what's happening at our church. Listen, when God moves in a city, it's bigger than one church. You do know that, right? When God moves in a city, it's bigger than one church. Don't, don't let us get arrogant and think it's about us. This, these promises weren't about us. We've had the privilege of starting 20 churches in our 13-year history out of our fellowship. Nine of those counting us right here in the city of Las Vegas. There are eight other churches that have been birthed out of our fellowship right here in our city. We have another plant that's going to be birthed out of our fellowship next year. We're birthing churches here in Las Vegas. And what we're talking about God's doing here, God's doing in those places as well. But listen, it's not just about churches that we've planted. Did you know that at the same time we were planting this church, just in our part of town, South Hills Church was born. The church at South Las Vegas was born. Calvary Chapel Green Valley was born. Remnant Church was born. Oasis Christian Church was born. 13 years ago, all of these churches that are now thriving and growing and reaching people, and we all have different things about us that make us unique, but they're all being used of God to expand the kingdom in the city of Las Vegas. What is that? It's an answer to the promise that God gave us. God said, I am at work in this city, and I'm bringing people here to get in on what I'm doing. God's at work. Listen, don't miss that. That's not happening everywhere. We shouldn't be surprised. He told us he was doing it. 
But then I want you to notice two important phrases here. He says he changes a wilderness into a pool of water. You know what's interesting about that phrase? In order to find refreshment from a pool, you've got to come to it, right? A pool doesn't come to you. (laughs) You have to come to a pool. There can be an oasis, but it's not seeking you out. You've got to come to it. And here's what I believe God spoke in my heart years ago. And I would stand in front of mission teams and say this. I believe what God said was, I'm literally at work in this city in such a way that people are going to come here to get in on what I'm doing in this city. And all these years later, we've seen God do it and he continues to do it. How many of you would... Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, you know, Pastor, when, when God moved my family to Las Vegas, we, we didn't really understand it either. But now I know God brought me here to get in on ways. Anybody here got that testimony? Just hold it up for a second. Now, now, now I want you to look around. Hold it up for a second. Look around you. You hear what all these people are saying? Man, we didn't know what, but we know now God brought us here. That shouldn't surprise us. Why? He told us he was going to do it. I'm changing a wilderness. You can put them down now. I'm changing a wilderness into a pool of water. This week, Wednesday morning, last Wednesday morning, I met with the 15 church strategists of the largest mission-sending agency on planet Earth. Largest mission-sending agency on planet Earth. They have 15 strategic uh, strategists who work with local churches in America to help them engage globally all over the world. Guess where they had their meeting this week on Wednesday morning? Las Vegas, Nevada. I asked them because they asked me to come down and speak to them that morning for about an hour and a half. So I I go down and speak to them, and I open by saying, it's kind of ironic that I'm here because you're the mission agency that I called (laughs) in September of 1999, and you turned me down. (laughs) I said, thanks for calling back, though. (laughs) So I'm I'm sitting with these 15 missional strategists, and I said, I said, why are y'all in Las Vegas? Of all the places in the world that they could choose to hold that meeting, why, why are you here? Let me tell you what they said. We've heard. We've heard what God is doing in the city. And in particular, we've heard what God's doing at Hope. And we wanted to come and hear from you firsthand. He's changing a wilderness into a pool of water. Do you know that in September and October, we have two vision trips planned? We have somewhere between 30 and 50 churches from all over America that are coming here to look at how they can long-term invest resources and send mission teams to help us multiply and plant churches in the city of Las Vegas. We say, wow, but listen, he told us. I'm turning it into a pool. 
people where people are going to come and get in on what I am doing. But then he said, and a dry land in the springs of water. Now that's different. A pool, you got to come to a pool. But springs, they flow out. It's literally the Hebrew word for going forth. That's what it means literally in Hebrew. I'm going to take this spiritual wasteland. I'm going to make it a pool of water where people come here to get in on what God's doing. But then here's what he said. Then I'm going to take that dry ground and I'm going to make it a spring where it not only happens here, but it flows from here and goes out. You ever heard anybody say, what happens in Vegas? Come on, what's he say? Yeah, you've even, you've even seen the new, the new uh, advertising campaign, Know the Code, right? That's the new slogan of our Visitors Bureau, Know the Code. Don't, don't put this stuff out on social media because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, here's what I'm here to tell you. Not anymore. What God is doing in our city, He's doing not so we can just get together and say, man, look how great it is. No, God's doing it so that it can flow from here to the ends of the earth for His glory. God is strategically aligning His army to engage in this city. And listen, our city still is in vast need. You know, there are almost 2 million people who live in metropolitan Las Vegas. And the last religious, United States religious census held in 2010, so fairly recently. You know what percentage of our population belong to evangelical Christian churches, which is what we would be considered? 7.7%. That means that in the city of Las Vegas, there are out of 2,154,000 people that even profess evangelical Christianity. Almost 70% of our population don't align with any religious faith at all. God is moving in our city and he's doing it so that from our city he can touch the world. Listen, listen. If God does it in Vegas, only God can get the glory for that, right? I mean, the most least likely place in the world for a movement of God to begin that could touch the world would be, if you were going to say, what's the most least likely city in the world to pick to begin a movement? You'd say, well, it's got to be Sin City, right? (laughs) You know what I think Vegas is? I think Vegas is a modern-day Rome. You know what I find interesting? In the New Testament, Paul always wanted to get to Rome. I mean, half of his writings in the New Testament are written on his journeys trying to get to Rome. Why did Paul want to get to Rome so bad? Here's why I think he wanted to get to Rome so bad. The saying in Paul's day was, all roads lead to Rome. So here's what Paul knew. (laughs) If all roads lead to Rome, guess what? All roads lead from Rome. If I can get the gospel to Rome... I can get the gospel to the ends of the earth. Did you know that last year Las Vegas had almost 40 million tourists? Of those 40 million tourists, 20% of them were for outside the United States. 
That means over 8 million internationals visited our city in the last 12 months. 8 million. That's second only to New York City. We are the number two most visited city in the United States of America by those living outside of our country. If we get the gospel in Las Vegas, we can take the gospel to the... Listen, we may not be able to get to them, but listen, they're coming to us. Eight million a year. They're coming to us. Like that Ethiopian in Acts chapter 8 who was traveling on the king's business. Last year, our city hosted 22,000 different conventions. 22,000 conventions. Of those 22,000 conventions, most of those people, their businesses paid to send. Listen, businesses are paying to send people here and God's birthed our fellowship so that we can engage them with the gospel and on somebody else's dime, they can take the gospel back to the ends of the earth. And that's the second promise, and I need to wrap this up, that God gave us. Not only God's desire to move in our city, but here's the second one, God's desire to touch the world from our city. You see, the goal is not Hope Church. The goal is the kingdom of God expanded to every tribe, tongue, people, nation. Can I give you a little discouraging news this morning? One day Hope Church will die. This church that this morning is so alive with worship. This church this morning that is so hungry for the word of God. One day, I, one day this church will die. One day these buildings either fall down or be used for something else. You say, why would you say that? Because all churches do. If you don't believe me, get on a plane. Go find Ephesus or Colossae or Philippi. Those churches are gone. But listen... The kingdom of God is alive and well. You see, listen, listen, listen. The church is a temporary tool established by Jesus for the expansion of his kingdom. Here's the problem. We're like construction workers spending all our time working on the tools. The church isn't the goal. The goal is the kingdom of God in our city and around the world. God birthed our church and brought us together. To join in what he's doing in our city so that what he's doing in our city can flow out and touch the ends of the earth. How do we do that? Well, in these verses, God gave us a plan. Now, it's pretty simple. It's agricultural. Look at it. Verse 36. So that they may establish an inhabited city and sow fields and plant vineyards and gather a fruitful harvest. And out of that phrase, there are four practices that have driven our fellowship for 13 and a half years. And they continue to drive us. And I'll just mention these words for you. First one is the word pray. It's the word pray. He uses an agricultural illustration here. And, and if you know anything about agriculture, before you sow seed and plant vineyards, first thing you got to do is cultivate the ground. You got to get the tiller and you got to break up that hard ground and prepare it for planting. How do we cultivate the ground spiritually? We do it by praying. Did you know that when we first started this fellowship, 14 years ago that we had those mission teams come out 
And we took what was then five zip codes on the south end of Las Vegas. It's now about eight zip codes. And we prayer walked 50,000 households on the south end of Las Vegas. We walked up and down every street and prayed over every house. God opened their hearts to the gospel, raised up laborers for the harvest. Let me tell you what we're about to do. We're about to do that again. So get ready. We're going to be calling on some of you. If you hadn't noticed, there's a little construction project out here on the 15 where they're opening up an exit off the 15 on the cactus. Some of you come from other parts of the city are rejoicing in that. But let me tell you what else it does. It opens up to our church a whole community on the other side of the 15 called Southern Highlands. That whole area that has really not had, without a difficult way to get here, access to get to us. And it's going to open that up. Let me tell you what we're going to do over the next few months. We're going to go prayer walk all those neighborhoods over there. And just ask God to do it again. Just ask Him to do it again. We pray. Second thing we do is we make disciples. He said... Sow fields. The word sow here is the word for planting seeds. And it's the picture that we are to plant the seed of the gospel in the lives of people so that they can grow and bear fruit. Jesus only gave us one mission, and that is to make disciples. Not to write great books, not to plan great conferences, not to hold great weekend services. We have one mission, make disciples. That's why we're passionate about abide, connect, share, making disciples here in our fellowship that are healthy and reproducing. We pray, we make disciples. Here's the third phrase. Multiply the church. He says, sow fields and plant vineyards. The word plant vineyard here is, it's different than sowing a seed. Sowing a seed is describing the act of planting seeds. This is a Hebrew word that means to start or found something, to establish. And for us, it drove us to be about multiplying the church. One church can't reach a city by itself. But as we send people out and multiply the church through campuses and through church planting, we multiply the church in our city and around the world. We're joining in what God's doing. Here's the fourth phrase. Engaging God's global harvest. Engaging God's global harvest. That's what he said. Sow fields, plant vineyards, and gather a fruitful harvest. Those four practices have really driven us as a church. God spoke them to us our first week here. God, we realize you brought us here because you're doing something. Lord, what are you doing? How do we respond? Here's what he said. You pray, you make disciples, you multiply the church, and you engage in my global harvest. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's why God birthed us. God is alive and at work all over the world. And listen, here's the reality. He's given each of us our own unique jobs and skills and passions to join in what he's doing. Hey, have you ever thought that, that God gave you the job he gave you? He gave you the job he gave you because there's a circle of influence in this city that God wants to missionally engage and not just engage here, but engage here in such a way that it touches the world for his glory. And God gave you that job because he sovereignly put you there to engage in mission here in our city in such a way that touches the world for his glory. Have you ever thought that God gave you the home that he gave you? Whether it's an apartment or a home or a rental, whatever it is, God puts you there because he wants to missionally engage you in, in, in what he's doing in this city. And there are people there that would not have been exposed to the gospel. But God, in his sovereign grace, said, I'm going to put you there so they can learn about me from you. And what he's doing here, he wants to use to touch the ends of the earth for his glory. That's God's plan. Now, how, how does one church... Get involved in touching the world for God's glory. Well, he does it. Look at the, again, verse 35 to 38. If you 
go through here and compare the he and the they, what he does and what they do. All we do is respond to what he's doing. That's it. It's his power. It's not what we do. It's what he's doing. That's why Paul wrote it this way in Ephesians 3, and I'll close with this verse. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thirteen and a half years ago, God spoke to us through the book of Psalms. Now here we are 13 and a half years later. We're still reading. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't even thinking about this, these principles. And, and I'm reading through Psalms, getting ready to come back. And God said, uh, son, you remember this? It's like, wow. He's still doing what he said he was going to do. I'm looking out at it this morning. He's still doing what he said he was going to do. God is moving. So, so how, does that, how does that affect each one of us today? Well, here's how it affects us. God is on a mission. He's at work in our city. He's at work in the world. Now, now here's the reality. As his child, I am a part of his mission. Here's what that means. Today is exciting. Because today is bigger than me. You're going to leave here and go to a restaurant or maybe stop at a gas station. You ever thought the person you're about to bump into is the whole reason God put you here? He loved that person so much that he put you here today and he's about to intersect your life with them and he's taught you everything he's taught you today. Because he loves you, but he's also taught you everything he's taught you up to this point today because he loves them. And he is sovereignly today intersecting your lives. And you're about to come into a collision of the kingdom of God in your life or tomorrow at work or this week as you get ready to go back to school, students. And God's going to do something in that moment that's going to be like throwing a rock in a pool and the ripples of that are going to go all the way to the ends of the earth and someday you're going to be in heaven standing around the throne of Jesus and somebody's going to come up to you and they're going to say you remember when you met that guy at the gas station you say oh that's silly listen the very first mission trip our church ever took we went to Zambia I'm standing in a grocery market in Lusaka, Zambia. Now, Hayden, you just got back from Zambia. It's a remote place. It's a remote. I'm standing in a grocery market, and a guy comes up and taps me on the shoulder. He said, are you Pastor Vance? I said, what? He said, 
the guy that started that church in Las Vegas. Yeah? <laughs> he said, before you started your church, you guys had car washes where you wash people's cars for free. And my wife came to a gas station, got her car washed. And she said, now we're serving over here in Zambia using our gifts and skills to expand God's kingdom. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> Hope Church, our greatest days are ahead. God has great things in store for us as we pursue Him. Thank you for listening to this message from Hope Church. We would love to connect with you, so be sure to follow us on our social networks by searching Hope Church LV.